Mix and O's Thirsty Thursday continues now with the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Here's your host, Jared Stansberry. Welcome into another year of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. As you heard there, I am Jared Stansberry. Back for another year. Uh, here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Tonight on uh, the program, we're going to go to Chris Williams and Tim Mullen. They make their play- their picks. I don't know if Brent Bloom joined them. I guess I didn't ask Chris, but I know at least Chris and Tim were there. So we'll uh, we'll hit them here in just a little bit. And then Jay Jordan uh, will join me to talk some Iowa State football. But to lead off the show, AD, I'm going to bring you in here. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know what more there is to talk about anymore with uh, not only Iowa State and Northern Iowa, but just football in general. I'm ready to get this thing going. Yeah, we get to that point this time every year where we've kind of exhausted all the preseason stuff. You know, it's all speculation right now. This is like the hard, these are the hardest games, like especially for Iowa. You know, these are hard games to to preview. Iowa State, you and I, maybe not as much because there's such a gap in mm-hmm. talent, uh, but. We haven't seen these teams on the field. Now, for Iowa State, we've seen most of these guys on the field. Right. Uh, but you expect them to take a step. We don't know what this team is going to look like. And so, yeah, we're, we're at that point where it's like, okay, let's get, it, let's, get, let's get going. Let's get on the field. Let's get some film down. Yeah, man. And it's just, you know, obviously for us, we spend so much time thinking about Iowa State that, you know, Jeff Woody and I have been recording podcasts about Iowa State football since – I mean, off and on since January, but going really <laughs> right. hard again in July. Where it's, we were doing our episode earlier this week, and we're talking about things. And I'm like, man, I feel like we've had this same conversation yeah. like 16 times. Right. And every topic that we can that we can talk about, everything, you know, everything from the number six wide receiver down to who's going to be the seventh offensive lineman. You're like, man, we've. We've talked about this so much that I don't, I don't know what more to even say that's any different than everything anything we've said before. It is, though, nice to have actual football to talk about. You can yeah. kind of, as we now enter this season and what it should be a great season for the Cyclones, to kind of put all the other stuff to rest for a little bit at least. It doesn't feel like any breaking news is going to happen on like the realignment front They're or knock anything. On wood. Yeah, <laughs> right. But you can. Now focus on the games, on the team, on this season, the season that we've been waiting for for a long time, that Cyclone fans have been waiting for for decades in some cases. Uh, you can really kind of now put all your focus, all your chips in, into that basket and let everything else happen. It'll happen. It's going to happen. Whatever whatever happens will happen. But you've now got 12 games in front of you, hopefully 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15, um, to, to really kind of sink your teeth into and, and enjoy so I'm kind of interested since you're, I mean, I think everybody knows that you're a, an Iowa fan, more of a Big Ten guy. The report today that came out from The Athletic, you know, we talked about we're not going to have this realignment <laughs> thing to talk about anymore, but I just want to touch on this there. quick since I did a lot of football with Jay. But uh, what what was your thought today when you saw The Athletic report that uh, BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati are the four most likely candidates for Big 12 expansion. I mean, I think that those are the four that everybody would have expected. But yes. as a Big Ten fan, like, what's your perception of, of the league if you add those four, go back to 12? You know, it, it's it's interesting. I, I wonder what the the end game is. If, if 12 is enough, I almost think you might as well just go all in and grab up a couple others, maybe get to 14, maybe get to 16, if that's yeah. where we're all ultimately headed, which who knows. But, you know, that that's a good league. That's a fun league. I think that's a league that will be interesting to follow. I think that's a league that can stay in the power 
conference conversation. And it's interesting because I've been trying to like put my finger on what what do we exactly mean by Power Five Conference? It's it's a bit of an arbitrary distinction right, right now because there are no automatic bids into any playoff. Well, and the stuff with like autonomy and making rules and stuff. We don't even know if that'll be a thing in twenty twenty six. Exactly. So we don't know what the future looks like at all. So I think that's a league that you can put together. So the the important thing is getting a TV contract or a streaming contract or a media rights contract that will allow you to continue to upgrade facilities, continue to pay Matt Campbell and his coaching staff, continue to kind of do the things you've done over the last five years, and, and in Iowa State's case, a lot longer than that under Jamie Pollard to kind of bring this program up to a Power 5 quote-unquote level. As long as you can make enough money to keep those things happening, you're going to be okay. And and whenever they dictate whatever the, the next playoff will be, if you can get an automatic bid, that's great. But right now, the Power 5 thing is kind of arbitrary. It's all about getting a good contract. And I think that conference, especially if those teams play out this year and, and have good seasons, that that's a league that can, can garner that kind of a deal. I think, too, that that league would be willing to be – forward thinking innovative I guess would be another way to put it like there's no schools in there that are these old fogey behemoths you know like Texas and Oklahoma and understandably so like those are those both those schools are going to make a lot of money off of the current structure of everything if in my mind it seems like it would be harder to convince them of things like oh this is something different that we can do it might work, it might not work. We think it's going to work, and we think it'll make us some more money, but we don't know that for certain. They're going to look at that and be like, no. no. We're not, we don't want anything right. to do with that. Yeah, and- but when you've got these other, all these other schools, the eight that are left that are you know, on that next tier of brands trying to build their brand, like doing something different then, and then obviously those schools that would come in, like doing something different, being willing to do something different, I feel like that's going to be key for this group because that's what's going to allow you to stand out from maybe the other big conferences yeah absolutely and, and i also think for the eight remaining teams having kind of a level playing field not not trying to bring in some monster team or some big brand you've gone through a, a long enough time being texas's errand boy right yeah. you, you don't need to be in an unstable league that's dictated by one or two teams one or two programs or schools that can shatter the whole thing as texas and oklahoma are, are attempting to do right now if you can get everybody kind of on a level playing field on equal footing you're going to feel a lot more comfortable about the stability of that league see and i just i wonder too like you know if it the super league and like all those kinds of things that they've talked about before like i just think that if these schools that aren't the quote-unquote blue bloods if they come together and are like we're going to stick together even if it's you know like if nebraska and iowa say like we're going to stay in the big 10 but it's like we have some level of like mutual uh I don't even know. Like we got to be tied to them on some level right. because if Ohio State and Michigan jump, yeah. then all of a sudden we're all in the same boat. Yes. You know, and it's like it it's that second that next year. I don't know what the deal would be with Nebraska. I guess theoretically like to a national perspective they probably would be in something like that, yeah. but uh I'm just speaking saying geographically Minnesota, like those yeah. schools I feel like there's some level of like we need to stay tied to each other just because it's like this is for our own survival in case of anything happening. And one of the things I think you and everybody at Cyclone Fanatic has done such a good job of and I listen to your podcasts all the time is kind of framing that where it's like let's say it is a 32 team SEC that you know breaks off and becomes like a, a an NFL minor league. I'm not going to all of a sudden care about Auburn no. more than I do now. I'm still going to care about the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones and the Gophers and the Badgers and the Huskers and the teams that are you know regionally relevant to me, Kansas, Kansas State. Yeah. And so even if it's not the top tier, you know, quote unquote, I'm still going to be. There's still going to be the passion, the fandom. These teams are still going to play football. 
We're still going to get the Cyhawk game, hopefully. Uh, and so, I, and that's even, like even the worst case scenario isn't that terrible for fans, that, I think. That's still like 50 football games a weekend yeah, that those yeah, teams right. are going to have left to play if you take and out the lot top of, 32. A lot of fans, a lot of yeah. subscribers. They're, they're, these games will be on TV. They will be shown. I mean, they will be broadcast. And there will be some level of championship at the end of it that we will all then come to, to you know, claim as the the big championship. Yeah, I just... I, I don't know, man. Like I, I've gotten to the point where when these things come out, like obviously it's worth paying attention to them. I, I didn't think that anything that came out today was overly shocking. It's right. Like if anybody is looking at this stuff, those are the teams that they're probably going to go after. Yes. But it's also gotten to the point where none of us can do anything about it. It's like I would just be sitting there saying, well, we don't really know what's going to happen. We're going to kind of start to position ourselves to do things. But as a fan, it's like, don't worry about it. We yes. can't do anything about it anyway. Exactly. What's going to happen is going to happen. Enjoy this season. The best thing that can happen for Iowa State is to go win a Big 12 championship. And I'll say, as a as a as an outsider looking in, I've never been rooting harder for Iowa State to go win that league, to beat Texas and Oklahoma, to really like shove it to those guys. Uh, the poetic justice of, of winning a title – the first title you have as maybe the last title that's that's given in that league or, or with the current league uh, would be something pretty cool. Yeah, man, it would be a, it'd be a lot of fun, and I think that I think they've got the team to to be able to make a really good run at it. And uh, I guess we'll uh, find out first step on Saturday. We'll be right back. We're gonna send it off to Chris Williams and Tim Mullen. They're gonna make their picks for the week, and then we'll bring up bring on Jay Jordan, talk some more Cyclone football here as we come back on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Join the sports fanatics and Cyclone and Hawkeye legends Seneca Wallace and Tavian Banks as we preview the biggest matchup in Iowa versus Iowa State history. The KXNO Countdown to Kickoff, presented by Bet Rivers, is at El Bait Shop Friday, September 10th. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams from CycloneFanatic.com. I'm here today on behalf of my friends at the Iowa Clinic. I want you to go to the IowaClinic.com. That's IowaClinic.com. Dot com and get information on your annual flu vaccine. With the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing, we got to do what we can to protect our immune systems from diseases like the flu. Fortunately, there's a good way to do it. It's the flu vaccine. So here's your phone number, 515-875-9000. Give them a call to schedule it. Or you can go on and schedule an appointment online at iowaclinic.com. The Iowa Clinic has offices in West Des Moines or where I go, in Ankeny. I'm Chris Williams reminding you, get that flu shot. It's more important this year than ever. Hi, Cyclone fans. This is Dr. Brian Warmey, orthopedic sports medicine surgeon at McFarland Clinic. I really enjoy working with athletes of all ages, including the football team here in town. My colleague, Dr. Greenwald, and I provide specialized orthopedic care to patients of all ages, including sports injury evaluation, treatment, arthroscopic surgery, stem cells, and other biologics. Come see me in Ames for your sports injury needs, and don't let your injury keep you out of your game. Learn more at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones. Many people are still working remotely, but a lot are gradually returning to their office, and that workplace has changed forever. Fortunately, dressing well for work has not. Mr. B and Clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation. Whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call, we have what you need. Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing on 86th Street and Clive. 
Hey y'all, Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And... And don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well... Here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic radio show, the first one of the 2021 season. Of course, we are presented by our good friends at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. And we're here to make picks again. How many years in a row, Tim Mullen, have we been doing picks? What are we on? Six, five, Let's six. Let's call it six. Everything's like two weeks ago to me, so I don't. Yeah. I, time is. Yeah, you know, it's a continuum. It's good to have you back, my man. I, I'm so excited to be back, guys, and have some some normalcy a bit to our lives. I was excited. Yeah, like football, college football's here. We're oh making yeah, like, picks with Timmy Mullen. Like yeah. last night, I was like glued to that. UAB Jacksonville State game. Yeah. Like anything. Like tonight, like I'm going to be so locked into all these games tonight. We got the UCF and Boise going on right yeah. now. Like, I mean, it, it, I, I love it. There's good things happening. A little Big Ten tumble tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. Michigan State, I think. Right? You. So what do we have going on at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive? Shout out. Um, I basically redid my entire house. Thank you for that. Over the summer. That was a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. It looks beautiful. It does look yeah. really good as a... Yeah, no, it's aesthetically Observer. it's it's fantastic. And then I, I we did the promotion with the bathroom, but I I basically redid my entire office with all your yeah, guys' stuff too. Which uh, looks amazing. Yeah. yeah, we we decided, Tim. I don't know if you're seeing a lot of this, but we just we looked into moving. We weren't really looking. Just we needed more space. Yep. With the kids. Yep. And it made zero sense to go and move with the prices and everything. So we just took out a home equity loan and yep. redid. Like half of our house. Yeah, it's happening a lot right now. I mean, you know, the housing market, there's a supply and demand issue. And, uh, you know, inventories are, you know, it's a it's a seller's world right now. And so 
with the pricing the way it is, people are looking at it and going, if I just did one or two things in my house, I'd be happy with it. Yeah. And, you know, what you've done here is a great example of that. And we're always there for you. I mean, if you want to come uh, do your flooring. The and, wife is coming in next week to get a new carpet for the basement. Like it. Just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take care of her. Yeah. If flooring needs, uh, you know, if you need new uh, countertops, window treatments, new home appliances, electronics, those are the things we're going to be able to take care of you for. So. I watch a lot of CNBC, so I'm going to ask you this question. What's the supply chain Oh, situation man. with yeah. you guys. I mean, I know you have that big old warehouse, but it, I'm sure yeah. it has had an impact, but it has to be nice to have inventory on hand, too. It, it is. Uh, and, you know, we're getting our fair share of it. That's okay. the nice part about our store being this humble, small store in, you know, in Des Moines. But we have the backing of, you know, a huge corporation with our stores in Omaha and Casey and, and Texas. And, you know, we're, we're getting a good cut of it. But I'll tell you, it's, it's still hard out there. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, we went through a, a cycle where people, we had to explain to them, they didn't really believe us at first. Then they kind of believed us. And I understand the frustration now is they're just sick of hearing it and they want stuff. But uh, trust me, if, if uh, we're, we're getting a fair share, we're, we're getting what you need. Uh, but hopefully people understand it's absolutely, it's absolutely it's everywhere. difficult. And we've, we've asked everybody. I've talked to people, entire industry, to, uh, you know, if, if it's a widget and can be sold somewhere down the line, there's a supply chain issue that's happening. Yeah. It's, uh, it's astronomical. One of the fun things I did real quick is there's a website called marinetraffic.com, and you can go on there and look at all of the container ships around the world <laughs> waiting to dock. Wow. It'll blow your mind. It's insane. So that is that is crazy. Yeah, yeah but a lot of good stuff. Appreciate your, your work there, and uh, yeah. looking forward to where we're going to come up. We're going to have some fun things this season. Uh, looking together to put some uh, year-end prizes together. Yeah, that'll be cool. I, I have a... We won't give it away no, yet until we, it's, it's official, be, but I mean, we have gonna, a pretty good idea. It's yeah. going to be awesome. They're going to be sweet. Absolutely. All right. Um, so each and every year we do picks. I won last year. Well, I, 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 Hey. I to, won last year. To echo some thoughts from, from some I've heard around the country, COVID year doesn't count. Mm. Uh, asterisk. COVID year doesn't I already, count. Look, I, I have it in the book right here. I did put an asterisk next to it. Asterisk. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Actually, I'm just going to put it right now. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, let's get going. I, I won't. COVID, everybody yeah. listening knows that I'm the brightest college football mind. <laughs> now I'll prove it again. And Tim is in charge. He is the uh, he's the man with the with the little book. Yeah. All right, what are we picking this week? Just juicy games right yeah, off Great, really great first week. Great week. And you really know college good. football likes to grab your attention. Absolutely. And week two lets you take naps during the middle of the day. But, okay, guys, we're going to get going right away on this big uh, national tumble, the first two. Number one, Alabama. Whew. 19 and a half point favorites at a neutral site game versus Miami of Florida, number 14. Uh, the U, if you I, will. I'm playing the U here, boys. Yeah. Uh, I, I am. Like I, I mean, the... the they're a top 15 team. The, uh, Bama seems right. I don't know if they'll lose the game, but like breaking in the new quarterback. Like, give me the, give me the U. Give you the U. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Derek King versus a freshman. Come on. Yeah. Derek King's been playing for like 30 years. I, I think he is an eighth year uh, <laughs> freshman, or I'm not sure where that is. I right want now. the U. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm simple. Alabama until proven otherwise. <laughs> That's yeah. And I, I'm, I'm leaning that way too. I mean, if you look at, what Miami did against actual competition last year didn't go well. I mean, they got I drilled. I thought COVID didn't count. Well. <laughs> only when you win. Only we, when it's your narrative. That wins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Only when I'm in control of the narrative here. Correct, yes. And uh, we can use that argument for at least three weeks, by yeah. the way. Until Bloom and I are safely <laughs> out in front of you. Um, but I just, I mean, I, I think Miami's good. I think they're probably a top 20 program. I just think Alabama, with all of its... Bells and whistles. I mean, I Alabama's know. quarterback's a millionaire. Yeah, and they've got 
New offensive coordinator. Uh, you'll buy a lot at Nebraska yeah. Furniture Mart. Yeah, you can. New offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. So the rehab yeah. tour that Sark, Sark did, Bill O'Brien's on the same train. I think they put up a bunch of points. I think this is like 52 the, to 17. What are the chances that Scott Frost is the next offensive coordinator at Alabama? I think he's going to go back in his hole at the end of the year, oh, never okay. to be seen again. Bill O'Brien could be the, ne- the next Nebraska coach. <laughs> that would be, yeah. Actually, yeah, actually that'd be a really good hire. Because Bielema took Illinois, so yeah. that wouldn't work. <laughs> All right, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the Illinois Island. He was on the island already. Next game, gentlemen, uh, a top-five matchup of number 5 Georgia with a neutral site game as, as well again against number 3 Clemson, favored by 3.5. Uh, I'll, I'll go first here. Georgia loses every important game that ever matters to that they team. They do. Every single one. And what I like about it is, is they're just going to get it out of the way the very first game instead of it being week 10. And I will take Clemson by two touchdowns here. Wow. I I will. I think the wrong team's favored. I heard you earlier. Yeah, I, I really do. I This isn't a spur of the moment thing for me. On all my research throughout the offseason, like, I have Georgia circled. I think Georgia could win the national championship, honestly. Like I they'll lose week twelve though. Or thirteen. They might, but I mean if you just look at oh, on paper, like who they have coming back, I, I think the wrong team's favorite. I like I like Georgia to win the game outright. I love getting three and a half. I yeah. love getting the points. Uh they I think they win the game outright. All right. Georgia what's, by ten. What say you, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go Oxidans. with Williams here. All right. I am. I I I like the I like the Clemson quarterback. Did a nice job when he filled in a couple of times. But mm-hmm. I just think George, if you looked at everything throughout the past couple of years, I think Clemson's due for a step back this year. And a step back for them is still probably making the playoff. But yeah. I think George is the one who – I agree. Chris, I think I think if, I, if you give me a pick right now, I think George is my early – them in Oklahoma maybe national champion favorite right now. I think they're kind of undervalued at the moment. I, I really I'm do. with you. I actually have I a, really I like have their a, roster. I have a ticket out on Georgia. Okay. I like so. the roster. I like the construction. You guys have seen Georgia last few years. Okay. Just check You know, I think Georgia, Iowa State final, Timmy. There you go. <laughs> Who's ranked higher when that happens? <laughs> Iowa State. Yeah, I bet you they are. They got a better chance to be, in my opinion. Uh, next game, gentlemen, over to the Big Ten, uh, another top 25 clash between number 19, Penn State. What? Not a neutral site game. Uh, they are at Bucky's house. Should, should uh, Penn State be ranked? Well, I mean, I mean, what, what did they do? Like, they did. Are we throwing out? Are we throwing it all out? They did have a bunch of guys sit well, out. Co- I understand. Yeah, I just just feel I like this is I, okay. like some some Texas treatment to I Penn State. I don't know if they should be ranked. I I, I can't give I you. Guess Wisconsin didn't do anything last year either. I, I don't know if they should be ranked, but I do think that. There's two teams in the Big Ten that I have circled that I think will have really big bounce backs. I think Minnesota will. I, I agree with that. And I think Penn State will just because, I mean, listen, some teams thrived during – we saw Iowa State do it. And, like, if you had really good leadership and all that stuff, and some teams really tanked. And you had the guys yeah. leave early, and those two teams were really impacted by it. I, That's a good point. So – I don't know. I this game, I I want no part of this. I guess I will take the points though in Penn State. I okay. I, I just this I, doesn't this seem like it's like a twenty four twenty one. What's 10 it? Game? Four and a half. Four and a half. Wisconsin. Here's my thing. Was one thing with Wisconsin. We always know they should have somebody who can run the ball and they can block for them. Yep. And without knowing what Penn State has to stop the run, I'll go with the 
the most sure bet, and that's yeah. a big offensive line. Sam, you know back. the Big Ten. What, what, what do you think here? I I'm with, I can't believe Penn State is ranked. I don't get it. I, I mean, I, doesn't the line stink? Well, I think it should be bigger. That's why I'm picking Penn State, I think. I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. This is one I mean, game that I would. That's a great point. I mean, I, I'm so confident in that size. Why is four and a half? It they're looking be like at seven they're, and the same half. thing you just said, though. I mean, there was a top 10. They started the year last year sixth. Yeah. And then just. But they didn't actually lose to Indiana. No. That was a terrible was a call. bad call. I love officials. But they, you're right. They had a lot of stuff just kind of going. Well, yeah, guys opted for the pros. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a talent issue with them, yeah. but that's a tough first game. I think game. Franklin can coach. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, it'll be an interesting. So clearly, watch. if you're listening, don't listen to yeah. anything we have to yeah. say about this game. It's an interesting. We clearly don't know what we're talking. About. <laughs> so Tim's going with Wisconsin. Was I'm going with Wisconsin. Bucky. Here, yeah. Okay. So you are Wisconsin, Wisconsin as well. Okay. All right. Uh, fourth game, gentlemen, uh, is starting in a top twenty-five matchup with some Big Twelve intentions here. Uh, number twenty-one, Texas, at home, a fourteen and a half point favorite over Louisiana this, Lafayette. This has dropped to eight. Really. Yeah, I grabbed this uh, yesterday. So it's come down a lot. I'll take the 14 and a half. With with the Ragens? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I will too. I, I, yeah, I didn't know it was down it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, considering think, where it's at now, I'll I, take yeah. the points. I want the points. You know, horns down and all that. I get it. I am. I think Sark's going to be great there. I really do. I just do. No, I, I have a feeling. Okay. I get it. I don't know if it's going to be this year. Eventually, I think he's super bright. He'll figure it out. He's got his quarterback. They got guys. We know they have guys. They always have guys. I just this is yeah, a they, really hard guys play the so game. So the the, yeah. the question always has been for Texas is they want to work hard when they need to work hard. Who's that has not been the case. Hudson Card. Hudson Card. He's a freshman. They just named it last week. And yeah. you know Louisiana is going to hit you in the face. Yeah. And make it really difficult. And in that, those games, it's going to be... This is really tough for Texas. That's why I like Louisiana. I think Texas wins, but I think this is a, you know, four to eight that, point game. We all know now what Iowa State was up against with COVID last year in that first game. Yeah. But a lot of the Louisiana love gets skewed because of that game. Yeah, that is true. And it, like, listen, like... They did win the game. Iowa State had, Tim, I don't know if you know the backstory, but they had yeah. 36 guys out. Then their first week of practice for the whole year was the week of the Louisiana game. Oh, that's year, yeah. So, like, they were really, you know. On tilt, if you will. Yeah. yeah. yeah which Louisiana came in and won the game. advantage. Yeah. But I don't know if they'll catch Texas like I, that. I just don't – I don't know what Texas is yet. And, and I know Louisiana's got – Yeah. Got I, a I want decent points. Roster. I'll give me the 14. What do you want? Oh, I'm Lafayette here. But 14. Okay. Honestly, I'd probably still take it at 8. Uh, Billy Napier also. I think I would, too. Over potential, a potential Nebraska coach someday, Billy Napier. That'd be uh, a good hire. I'd yeah. say next year, probably. Maybe. Just Although guessing. he might stay south. Just guessing here. Uh, game five to the uh, in-state tilts, if you will. Uh, number 17, Indiana. At number 18, Iowa. Iowa favored by three and a half at a 2.30 kickoff. So we have uh, 17, 18, and 19 in the nation are Big Ten teams. With Penn State hmm. there, so. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Can I know, go first here? Please. Fire away. I I think this is way too low. Like this should be around six and a half to me. Like, I I think Iowa wins this by ten. Well, I, I and I I think it's a touchdown game, and I think Iowa. I mean, if you just look at the way Iowa ended its season, as good as pretty much anybody. Yeah. Plus Indiana's good. Mm-hmm. Last year, I don't know, fluky maybe a little bit. They've got guys back. I understand talent there. 
but in Iowa City and the whole thing, like this, I think this should be closer to six or seven. Yeah. So, so you like I'll Iowa? Take, here. So I'll ta- well, I'll at least take the. Uh, I'll take line Iowa three here. and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Iowa. And this, the the numbers guys all hate Indiana this year. Yeah, for I what think, it's worth. I, I think there's a lot of talk. I mean, don't get me wrong. The and I never is it Fry Fogel, their wide receiver. There's a a good kid and a good athlete, but there's a lot of talk about their incoming running back Carr from USC, which actually played Iowa. Yeah. In a previous bowl yeah. game where they nope. shut him down. I think the big concern and maybe why the line stays tight right now is because of the line help mm-hmm. or the line issues with Iowa. Mm-hmm. Shot getting hurt and going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Lindebaum is, of course, a, a powerhouse in the middle there. But other than that, they're starting two new tackles on each side of the front line. And, you know, it's that game where we don't know what will happen yet, but they're, they're probably playing that pretty close to the best because of that. Games play the trenches. They're a little nervous about what could be happening there. And Indiana's got... All Americans at every level of defense. Yeah, I think they've got. But I just give me give me a roster. You know, we always talk about it. One to eighty five. I think I was just still further along. Play the under. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I like the under there. Oh, yeah. But I, <laughs> yes. I, I, I play the home. under. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I I, I don't even and, know what it is. I'd be curious do to I look at it. When's the last time Indiana won in Kinnick either? I think I went to that game in like ninety eight. Antoine Randall. Yeah. That's before then. I think. I mean, this this reeks of like a twenty one. 17, 21, 14, uh, somewhere something in there. Like that. I, I still think Iowa. I just, I still don't trust Petrus, though. Yeah. Like, I, did, I just don't, I don't love the kid as a quarterback, but we'll see. I get it. Yeah. That'd All right. The, that was JV game, varsity game. Yep, varsity. Yep, varsity. They got the the eighth grade, ninth grade, and JVs out of the way. It's time to uh, the powerhouse matchup of the Northern Iowa Panthers. Uh, coming to Jack Dryce against number seven, gentlemen. Number seven. I remember we were talking yeah. about the line. Yeah. Do you remember back in the day when when we started doing this show together? Yeah. And yeah. like Iowa State is like, man, if we can get to four wins this year, yeah. that'd be, man. It get to a point where like, just don't put the Iowa State game in the picks. on the picks. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, don't, it was, don't want to do it. The best part was, Boom, when you were on the text, we were joking around trying to find lines and stuff. And, and C-Dub just replies, we're number seven, baby. That's why the line's so big. <laughs> yeah. Because so we were finding offshore number like seven 37. Number an FCS team. Yeah. 30, 31 and a half. Yeah. Is that what we've settled that's, on? Yeah, we've settled at 31 and a half, but we originally saw it at 38. And I thought C-Dub's going to be like, that's crazy. And you're just like, we're number seven, baby. What's I, up? Honestly, so this is a true story. And I, I texted somebody I know... Uh, very close to the program on Sunday. And because I was starting to do, I start to do my weekly prep on Sunday morning. Sure. Like, yeah. So like I, yeah. every Sunday morning, that's how I start. And I always write down like where I think the score is then. And then where I come to here on Thursday nights. Yep. And I texted my guy and I said, how out of line would I be to pick Iowa state 45 to nothing? And this guy didn't respond. <laughs> right. But the point being um, that this is where I had it. Yeah. Honestly, like th- this is like just me as a handicapper. Right. Which is very amateur. I this is where I had it. So I'm not surprised down to 31. I will take Iowa State to cover. I know that is crazy when you look at the history of this series, but I will go about it the different way. So everybody, everything you hear out there is, man, did you see that game two years ago? Yeah, I did. And so did Brock Purdy. And so did Brees Hall. And so did Charlie Kohler. Yeah. Like, you think that those guys aren't going to be wanting to make a point on Saturday in front of that crowd? I think they absolutely will. 
I think that this is a down U and I team by yeah, their I was standards. Yeah, that's going to ask. I, I don't know any feel of it this year. Do you Good know defense, anything that he has going on? Solid defense, top 10 defense in the FCS. Offense, not top 25. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm, I'm sure they'll be well coached. I'm yeah, sure absolutely. They're gonna they're playing their Barley's off. great. Like, great coach. Always and they're always job. ready to play Iowa State. I think this is the year where Iowa State really can just piss pound them with their two deep. You know, yeah, and like what we've seen Iowa do to you and I pretty much every time that they play, other than the field goal game, yeah. So I twice, yeah. I haven't made my pick for Cyclone Fanatic yet, but again on Sunday, I thought forty-five nothing was the route I was going to go. I'll probably settle on like forty-two to three, right? So I'll take Iowa State to cover. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny when I started doing this to you guys a long time ago, and I'd hear Bloomy be like, "Okay, so thirty-one and a half, you're basically talking thirty-two. You know, you're looking at that, you know." Four to five touchdown range. If they did that, what are they going to allow you and I to score to keep above that? Does you and I score seven points? Do they score 14? If they do, is Iowa State going to be able to put up that difference? Uh, it's a I math mean, game. I think, I think they absolutely have the power. I, I, I really, it's funny you say it about you and I. I, I can't get past what you and I does to Iowa and Iowa State. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I mean, they just, that that is the thorn in their side game. And 31, I mean, you're talking over four touchdowns. It's just, I, I mean, I think it's going to be damn close to that. But I, I'll take the 31 points to sit you It's and I. probably the smart play to take yeah. the points. I, <laughs> I bet Bloom does. Well, too. so we, I, on, on our Sunday pod, I think I said I had it like 37 to 10, 41 to 10. You know, yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. But then, you know, I, I got to thinking, to your point, and it's going to take us a while, I think, as Iowa State fans to figure this out. Like, if, if you and I was playing Georgia this weekend or Texas A&M or, heck, even Ohio State, we would not you bat would, an eye yeah, you do at this though. line right. being 30, 35, somewhere in that. Like, right. you wouldn't. No. Iowa State's seventh in the country. It's Iowa good. State, like, it, and if you would have put that team two years ago up against the seventh-ranked team in the country in week one, it would have been a blowout. We right. yeah, Iowa State would have gotten killed. Absolutely. And, and I think so this – They weren't there. And if you look at last year against average opponents to poor opponents, Iowa State – really destroyed them. I mean, what they do to West Virginia, Kansas, K, uh, K-State? Now, those teams had some COVID issues. So that's probably part of it. But I, I think when you look at it, you go, okay, let's be, let's not consider this as Iowa State of years past. This is a top seven, top ten team yeah. playing an FCS team that went three and four last year. If you look at it that lens, it makes a lot more sense to me. It does. So be careful. That said, I'm going to go with my original gut, even I just said all that. No, I know. And I think, I think 37, 41 to yeah, 10. The only like thing, that. guys, that would make me think, because I, I don't think this will be a game. I really don't. Well, um, I don't either. I mean, four touchdowns but, isn't a game. But, but it's also cover. like the Texas Tech game from last year, the Oregon game from last year, where Campbell will I, – I could see this game being 28-31-nothing at half, and then Iowa State just like – Puts the sleeper hold on. It's just yeah. the, the Ferentz ball. You know, yeah. like just – Bores you to death. You and I get a cheap touchdown at the, at the end, and cut. I could totally see that happen. And, and I think the thing is, too, is I'm really stuck on it being you and I. I mean, to your point, Bloom, if this was an FCS school of, I mean, I, just if it was yeah. Southern what, Illinois, Western or Illinois, Western, whatever, whoever, and that's who they I were. I would that's, feel way better about this. It is that Iowa, I, I, that state of Iowa bragging right, very just real to go thing. Yeah. at a minimum. You didn't it, cover against us. It, and listen, I, Northern Iowa won the game in 16. Yeah. It was an overtime game in 19. Yeah. Like yeah. this. There's a history here, but I think you have to remove yourself from the history and look at this from just the teams on the field. Right. right. From, and, and if you look at it that way, yeah, I think this this is probably 30 points is not 
Right. It's not wild. Yeah. All right. It's a great line, actually. It's really close to either way. Good stuff. Tim, yeah. thanks, man. Appreciate hey. it. We're running late. We got to get it back to Stansbury. Get out to Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. We'll be giving you guys specials each and every week, telling you about all the great stuff coming up. Uh, for Brent Bloom, for Tim Mullen, I'm Chris Williams. We'll throw it back to Jared Stansbury right after this here on the Psych One Fanatic Radio Show on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Can you smell it? Football season is right around the corner, and it's all right here on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM KXNO. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Eau Claire, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, if you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NML. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. It's not whether you win or lose, it's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to partner with the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. As many business schools across the country are eliminating full-time MBA programs completely or moving them online, the Ivy College of Business is documenting all-time high enrollment for both the MBA and Master of Finance programs. To learn how a master's degree from the Ivy College of Business can boost your career, visit www.ivybusiness.iastate.edu. That's www.ivybusiness.iastate.edu. Go Cyclones! Many people are still working remotely, but a lot are gradually returning to their office, and that workplace has changed forever. Fortunately, dressing well for work has not. Mr. B and Clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation. Whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call, we have what you need. Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing on 86th Street in Clive. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. This is Dr. Thomas Greenwald 
board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. This is my 30th year taking care of Iowa State athletes, and I am a proud supporter of the Cyclones. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleague, Dr. Warmy and I, for excellent sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. As always, presented by our friends at Nebraska Furniture, Martin Clive. We're going to go now uh, to Cyclone Fanatic football analyst Jay Jordan. You know that when football season's coming up this close, we you know we got to go to the the heavy hitters. So that means we've got to bring in uh, the man, the myth, the legend. What's up, Jay? Hey, Jared. Glad to be with you. How's everything been going, man? I know you've been busy. I know you've been coaching football, and uh, your kids have been keeping you busy. Yes. Uh, Splitting time, I coach at a different school than them, so I run back and forth a little bit, and it's just it's just great. They get to be on the same team together. That's a that's a special thing for brothers, and I get to coach and uh, kind of live out my lifelong passion, and, and I'm just, just enjoying it. Awesome, man. Happy for you. It's been uh, fun to get to hear about you know, what's been going on, see your boys, see some of the highlights and stuff like that from, uh, from last week. Um, hopefully there's lots of highlights for us to see on Saturday, uh, after Iowa State yes. plays, uh, against Northern Iowa in the season opener, man, I, I, I know you're not much of a betting guy, Jay, but it, it blew my mind this week when I saw the, the line come out for this game and to see, you know, see Iowa State be a 30-plus point favorite in a season opener, especially against a team like Northern Iowa that, you know, they they weren't spectacular in the spring season, but you always know that Northern Iowa is going to be solid. I mean, I think that just speaks to, you know, the respect that everybody has for Iowa State, this Iowa State team, but just the talent on this roster right now in comparison to, you know, obviously a program that's pushed Iowa State for a long time. Talent and experience. There's production to back up that perception of Iowa State. It's not speculation at this point uh, because it's such an experienced roster and, and you'll see guys that you're familiar with out there doing things that you're familiar with them doing. Um, and that experience has come against a, a higher level of competition than what, what you and I is perceived to pose. We know they ramp it up and always pose um, an issue for Iowa State. However, uh, I think that that gap. I listened to you and Jeff do a really good discussion of this on the on the Football and Random Things podcast. Uh, that gap has widened, and that's why you get a margin like or an expected margin. I don't think many Cyclone fans, myself included, think that that's a solid bet to take the the over or to take Iowa State to cover necessarily uh, on that number. But something in that ballpark uh, feels comfortable based on the uh, uh, relative position of the teams. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think I saw Bill Conley came out with his models projections yesterday, and he had Iowa State. The final score was like fifty-one to nine, and I, right. I was sitting there like, man, what in the heck? What Twilight Zone world have we entered that Iowa State would ever be projected by anything to beat you and I fifty-two to nine or fifty-one to nine or whatever it was? But um, Man, it's just, you know, I think that the biggest difference to me from past years with this one is Iowa State's strength in the trenches compared to in previous years. I mean, there's been a lot of times where this game has been more or less a wash 
along both of the lines or even an advantage for Northern Iowa. I mean, Iowa State's advantage is decided, I, th- I think, in, in both of those on both sides of the ball at those positions. Um, let's talk about the offensive line a little bit first. What what do you feel like is going to be the biggest strength of this group? Um, you know, just with the number of guys they've got coming back, but, uh, you know, the versatility of a lot of different guys, they've moved guys around and, and you know, I think they're going to play a lot of different people as well. I think the strength uh, that that's been shown in the field has been in the run game. That's where we've seen the the biggest jump forward. Um, the the Iowa State lines of the past in the in the Campbell era have struggled a bit with the run game and been more solid in pass protection. Uh, I think you've seen that flip just a little bit um, with this line. But in the in the run game, with that additional um, time working together, it's so important for an offensive line to work as a unit for all five. I always call it a dance. People, my kids laugh at me when I talk about it, but they're they're really doing dance steps um, and working. Uh, the best offensive lines all work in unison. And I think you saw that out of, out of Iowa State last year. I think you'll see it this year. I, th- I think that that's going to be their strength is working in unison. Uh, in addition to, we, we can't forget that Iowa State system is hard to attack from the running game perspective because they play with three additional offensive linemen. They play with Chase Allen, Charlie Kohler, and formerly Dylan Saner, but this year it's going to look a little bit different. Think Sam Seenbuckner and the difference he made in the run game. Now you got Jared Roos, who I think is more athletic uh, than what Sam was, brings a little bit more to the table, and there's going to be a, a dynamic, a wrinkle. It'll look just a little bit different because you've got a, a, a faster uh, lead blocker type where they used saner uh more as a as an extension of the offensive line I, I think you get a little bit different style of running play that will be really interesting to see on on saturday is the subtle changes in the blocking from the tight ends uh, in the run game and and how that opens things up for Brees. i'd love it to get Brees more into uh one cut type situations where he's he's very good at reading uh, but get him into a situation where he's hitting the line hard and fast and he's got a Jared Roos leading him up through the hole. Uh, I think that could be something we see uh, that should be a benefit to the Iowa State offense. Flipping it over then to the defense, uh, I think the thing that jumped out to most people when they the depth chart came out earlier this week, and I, you know, depth charts with Iowa State, I think you can kind of take with a grain of salt, but for the most part, they're usually relatively accurate. The people that are on that depth chart are the guys that are going to get a lot of opportunities to play. Um, and to see J.R. Singleton, the redshirt freshman from Illinois, uh, see him on the uh, on the as the starter at the nose guard position. I mean, I know you haven't really gotten to see, you know, none of us have really gotten a chance to see J.R. play a ton. But how difficult is that position going to be for a redshirt freshman who hasn't really gotten to play very much jump in right there and you know kind of need to hit the ground running right away as a uh with your first game going up against a you know a solid team that should have a relatively solid offensive line i was not uh surprised a bit to see him in that position when he came out looking at his high school film and his his skill set i was extremely high enough to think that he might have been the the, the star and the prize pick out of that, similar to what Mike Rose was in his class. Um, he, what, what he brings to the table or what he brought to the table, and I assume he's demonstrating now, is not just great size, but but he's got the ability to be an outside-the-tackle to outside-the-tackle nose. 
meaning he can cover the ground from the center to the outside of the tackle. He could run down the line and pursue uh, reads very well. Um, so that skill set lends itself very well to being able to play early, uh, especially when you're already uh, of, of good size. He spent the last year putting on size, I think, lists at 295, which means he probably comes in at 285 to 300, somewhere in there. Um in that range. And I don't think it's going to be a big leap up, even against a good offensive line. Um, I think the kid can play. I think he'll play as well as what we've seen at that position and what we've become used to. Uh, and if he can't, I feel really good about Isaiah Lee. Isaiah Lee's got proven production on the field. You've got any who can rotate in there. Um, he's got a chance to be fresh. And I think if that kid's fresh, given his physical skill set, uh, he could be more disruptive from that nose guard position than what we've seen before. Who would be someone you think, like what mold does he fit? Is he more of the Jamal, Jamal Johnson type mold? Yes. And then Isaiah Lee's maybe more of a Ray Lima type guy. Bingo. Yes. Okay. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I, you know, you look at, you know, high school stats are kind of, they are what they are, but to look at the statistics that Jr. put up as a high school kid uh, from the you know a nose guard defensive tackle position, I mean a bunch of sacks, a bunch of tackles for loss. You just look at that and you're like, okay, this guy's a disruptive force. He's not just that, a he's not just a eat up blockers type guy and just hold your ground. Yeah, that's the key is that disruption. That that's the one thing Iowa State hasn't had that position. You don't need it in the defense that they. They ran. What you need is the Ray Lima type, the solid guy who who can hold his ground. But if they add disruption from that spot, even losing a Jaquan Bailey uh, and his pass rush skill set on the outside, now you add a little bit of that with the player that you've got to the inside and that disruption in the middle. Um, the ability to provide penetration, maybe run a little bit of uh, different stunts. In high school, he played all the positions on the defensive line. He played nose, he played tackle, he played in, which is why you see his stats kind of where they are. Uh, he has that kind of ability. What do you think is the biggest key for them to be able to make up some of the production that you lose and losing Edgequan? I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's a lot to ask any one person to be that guy, but, you know, Will McDonald's going to see a lot more attention now from defenses. I think that that's no secret to anybody. What does it take for guys like any Zach Peterson, you know, J.R., Isaiah Lee, whoever it is at those spots to be able to kind of pick up that slack and, you know, elevate their game and be, you know, more disruptive forces. They've all been solid, but none of them have really been on the field guys. that's like, are going to put up big numbers, going to go get sacks, anything like that. Uh, discipline and explosion. Uh, each of those players has at times uh, been explosive. Uh, and it's not like Jaquan was just an overly explosive player, but he had enough. Um, to be a really solid complement and to allow single blocking uh, to Will McDonald's side. Teams are going to make them prove it. Um, Zach has been a really solid player, Zach Peterson, um, and we've talked before uh, about him needing to show more explosiveness uh, in his first step and, and really in his second finishing steps uh, to get there and cause that pressure. I think the staff thinks he's got that. I think, uh, I don't know if you saw him or we both saw him this summer when we were together. He looks like he's got that. Um, we will see. So, so if they expect Zach to take the next step forward, that may not be that big of a problem. But even if it is, if they don't have 
if they don't have the full explosiveness that you get off of Bailey, if they've got disruptive players, if Indy's a little bit faster, if Zach's a little bit more explosive, if Singleton is what I think he is, um, then you've elevated the entire balance of that line, and that makes it hard to slide protections to to uh, McDonald. They'll still do it, uh, but that should open up lanes and and create leverage for the other three um, when they're in there, whether there's two of them in there or three. Uh, they also, I would expect, well, this is, I mean, all this is pure speculation because that's what I do, but um, the blitz packages will be interesting. The blitz pass packages will be interesting, especially with the experienced linebackers and the experience in the secondary. If they feel like they can do some man, uh, more man coverage uh, behind it with some some zero and some press, then I, I would think uh, we'll see some linebackers creating some pressure. And the deal, I mean, the part with Will is like everybody knows that they're going to put a lot of attention towards him. But is is the goal as much as anything like do so at your own risk with those that, other that, guys? That is, and, and in a uh, Chris did a, a great interview with John Heacock back in the spring, and uh, John didn't say much. He's really, really good at saying a lot and saying nothing, uh, but he, he let a couple things slip, and he mentioned using Will as a more versatile drop presence to where you don't know if he's coming or he's not. Is he dropping into a, a lane to disrupt a pass, or is he about to harass you in your face? I think that that's, I mean, that's the type of player he is. I think that's what they've wanted uh, him to develop into. That's why we've always heard the linebacker type stuff surrounding him is putting in him into a two-way go uh, or a two-way position where, where he can disrupt the passing game one of two ways, and you don't know which one that is. I think that that's, uh, that will be interesting to watch. They did do that some last year, and I thought he was really proficient at it. If he's taken another step, uh, to where he can he can do that. Think uh, Von Miller, Demarcus Ware type players from the NFL. He's, I'm not saying that's who he is, but the, those players were used in that way and uh, very effective. If that element gets added to the Iowa State defense, that's a that's a drive stifling element that maybe we uh, haven't seen before. Those two dudes made a lot of money playing football. So if you can yep. be anything anything like them, you're gonna have a have a future for sure. Um, all right, got the, I got two things left for you here, and then uh, and then I'll let you go. Um, what do you need to see from Brock in this game to feel like he has either you know been able to pick up kind of where he left off back in January and and through the second half of last season, uh, or to feel like he's taken some steps forward and you know maybe even fixed some of the mistakes that he was still making at that time? I've given up hope that he's going to sit in the pocket, read, and make a throw on time. He just like he just has been what he is, which is he will do that from time to time. But most of the time he's more comfortable when he gets holds onto the ball and gets out in the open a little bit. Um, what I'd really like to see to indicate progression from him and this, I don't know if this is a function of the receivers or of him, but I'd like to see him push the ball down the field. And uh, I think he's got the guys back where the last two years weren't, he didn't really have as, as many weapons to be able to do that. I think this year those guys, I think they believe that those guys are in place. Um, and if they are, I'd like to see him push the ball downfield because he throws a very accurate deep ball. And I think if he adds that, that will, uh, of, of course, uh, add to his already outstanding accuracy on, on the underneath routes. But don't make an impetuous 
uh, stare down the receiver type read, uh, be the pro that he is, show that the game is slowed down, uh, and put the ball where it needs to be, even if that's driving the ball deep. I'd like to see the ball driven deep because that 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 makes it very difficult to defend a solid running game when you've got actual deep threats. This has to be the best group of receivers that he's had, right? I mean, not just take out the tight ends, but I'm saying just on those guys in the receiver, the receiver room, it, I mean, as far as depth, there's like eight guys that they could put out there that we've seen go out and have, you know, solid production before. Yeah. I think Xavier Hutchinson's better than people are even touting him to be uh, going back and watching last year's film. Uh, he was really the only receiver you had to be concerned with last year. And he still was open very often. Um, I, I think he is, he is really good. Uh, the other guys, we, we haven't seen it for them to prove it that has skates taken a step forward to hang on to the ball. His physical skill is, is as good as we've seen, even going back to Hakeem Butler and, and Allen. Joe Skates is a big physical beast. Can he catch the ball? Can he run the right route? Uh, I think Shaw's shown flashes that he could be that guy, and he may be a little bit dinged up. We hear this stuff about Jalen Noel. I love the fact that Porter showed up because I think Porter's a playmaker. Uh, but we haven't seen that yet. So, yes, I think from a pure stat talent standpoint, most talented group physically that he's had to play with, uh, from a discipline standpoint, I'd, I'd, I'd give the nod to a couple of the other groups that he was with when you had Deshante and you had Ryan and you had Petway and you had those guys. Uh, they, were, they were pretty solid. And I leave out Tariq Milton not because I mean to. He's, he's a major factor and I think is poised to have a really good good year. So, so yes, pure talent. Absolutely. Still have a little bit of proving to do and, and we'll know how much Brock trusts them very early on in the game. All right. My last thing um, for you to walk out of this game and feel like it went as well as it could have, you feel as good as you possibly could going into Cyhawk week. What, what do you want to see from both sides of the ball? What do you want to see from special teams, I guess as well. <laughs> special teams don't miss a field goal. Maybe or, they and kick it out of the end zone. Um, field, and kick it out of the end zone. Let's uh, let's not worry about fixing the kickoff coverage. Let's uh, just fix that problem, kicking it out of the end zone. Those are all the baseline things. I think under the radar, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see kind of a next level development of their outside zone run game, uh, meaning that a that a penetrator or run through player doesn't stymie it. Um, that they're either able to pick that up or they're able to create so much space on the backside that, that you can cut off of that run through and Brees can hit big runs. That's similar to the way Iowa runs theirs. Uh, I'd like to see it progress and look very, very similar. Uh, I want to see Brock with the ball out of his hands early uh, or not early on time um, and accurate enough. I'd almost like, like him to be a little bit inaccurate and watch some receivers make a play or two on the ball defensively my eyes are on the secondary i want to see who that second corner is away from anthony johnson i want to see how they play them how they play and then the new safety uh squadron that comes in are they as proficient as lawrence white was at being in the right place at the right time and making the tackle that that's where my eyes are and, and i don't really I, I want to win obviously i don't really care about the margin of that victory uh as long as it's 10 points Come or more yeah yeah yeah, that's comfortable, but I want to see those things. Secondary uh, progression in the running game, 
and receivers making plays on the ball versus it having to be a perfect pass for them to make a play. All right, brother. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll uh, we'll have to get you on football and random things here before too long, and so that we can do like a three hour episode uh, that would, with, with you and Jeff Woody. That would be fabulous. We could talk about many random things. I'm sure. <laughs> we always come up with a few. Uh, that that's for sure. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. We'll be back same time here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM next week. Signing off, I'm Jared Stansberry.